Man, the Warriors are sending a player back to the G League. The Grizzlies get Triple J back, but lose another key piece simultaneously. And are the Utah Jazz for real? I'm Rosa Panta. This is a Clinic All NBA podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Oh, you know me. Feeling good. Feeling great. Feeling great. Feeling good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. John, how you living, my friend? Oh, you know, my team is in shambles, but. Life is good. Great to be here. Sammy, how you living, my friend? You know, John's team is in shambles, but I'm also doing good. (laughs) (laughs) That was a low blow, my friend. But anyway, I'm going to get to our first piece of news here. James Wiseman is going to go down to the Golden State Warriors G League affiliate, the Santa Santa Cruz Warriors, on Tuesday for an extended period. This stint could last like... About 10 days, 10 consecutive days, Kerr said. And Wiseman had this to say. He said, I don't look this as a demotion. I'm just ready to go out there and hoop. Wiseman was the second pick overall, and he has fallen out of the rotation. And now what I want to ask you guys here is, how concerning is this for the Golden State Warriors? Ooh, how concerning it is? Well, it doesn't look good for the fact that Wiseman has missed so much and his main criticism is that he hasn't been having much playing time. In college for Memphis, he played about three games, played 10 games with the Warriors, got injured, missed the whole championship uh, season. He finally has training camp, has summer league, and then now he played himself out of the rotation. So I thought it was, you know, a great move for the Warriors just to send him to the G League because the Warriors farm system, as we've seen through pool, could prove wonders. And he just needs to get playing time to and fill the game because when you see him play out there, man, he doesn't seem confident. He's the seven foot center with a nine six wingspan and you're only getting one or two rebounds. Yeah. You only have two, two jobs as a Warrior center. You are in the dunker spot, you play defense. That's it. That's your job, and he doesn't have a feel for a game, and the only way that you could get a feel for the game, fellas, is by playing, right? Yeah, agreed. And I do think that this has to be concerning on on some level, just based on his past history. You would have hoped he had a pretty solid summer league, from what I recall. Seemed like he was doing all right at the start of the year, and just the fact that we're in third season now, and... He still doesn't, hasn't maintained the, I don't want to say the ability, but the efficiency to stay in at least on a 15 minute a game role. Mm-hmm. I do think you have to be concerned on some level, especially because the team is in need of an athletic big. That's not something that exists as current on the roster. It feels like there's a, a very particular spot he could have filled. So uh, like you said, the G League squad for the Warriors has proven very valuable in the past. Hopefully it does in his case here, but I do think that you have to you have to be alarmed on some level and hope that this is just a funk early in the year that he can play his way out of. I, I'm sorry, Warrior fans. I'm going to have to be real here. And I'm just going to rip the band-aid, band-aid off for you, for you guys. <laughs> like, I respect the Warriors, their dynasty, their championship teams, but I'm I'm going to go as far as to say that I think James Wiseman is a bust and I think you need to cut the cord now. Ooh. Wow. 
And the reason I say that is because if you look at, I think it was 538, and then yes, I know that they have questionable articles and their credibility is suspect sometimes, but they did put up a, pull up a stat that James Wiseman is the worst plus and minus, one of the worst plus and minus players in the league. The worst. Bottom tier. Like, the, okay, the Lit worst. Literally the worst, John. Literally Thank you. The worst. Right. <laughs> Thanks for telling us that, John. <laughs> I, I hate you now. I know. Like I said, rip the bandit off. So, uh, and and look, there have been many busts in the past, and Sammy's on here as a Clipper fan, and he's had multiple of them. Just to name one, Michael uh, Candy. Thirty-six by my count. But... Okay, by his count, right? So, if you if you need some advice, Warrior fans, on how to cope, ask Sammy. He's your man. Cut so, him and go. Right, and Lakers have had bad picks, high draft picks. The, the reality is that sometimes you miss, right? Like guys yeah. aren't. Who they who they you think they are and right. they don't live up to the expectations and that's okay and I think the Warriors the sooner that they realize it and stop trying to incorporate him I think the better and that's just my personal opinion I know Steve Kerr is saying all the right things and I feel bad for the kid because you know you he has probably has super high expectations for himself but I just don't like what I see and I know he hasn't had a lot of reps but if the, the if your argument is to put him in the G League or to put him and get him reps, if he was good enough, and I understand that he's not getting playing time, but if he was good enough, you would be able to get reps in in the NBA game. That's my thought. And so, John, yeah, I'm I'm sorry, I'm just I'm just being real, but that's my that's my thought. And and Ro, I want to get your opinion on this. Well, to me, so the Warriors right now they sit at six and eight. Um, they're like tenth in the West right now. This feels to me like a panic move, right? Because they were looking at Wiseman hmm. and they're like, I don't know if we keep Wiseman here, if we're going to still be on this trajectory of being almost like towards the bottom of the West. And this is what I have to defend it. So the last four games, Wiseman has fallen out of the rotation. And this is a very small sample size, by the way. But when Wiseman was in the game, I want to say that we were like middle of the pack offensively and almost dead last for defense. Now, these last four games here, with Wiseman out of the rotation, we're eighth in offensive rating. And defensively, which is a stark contrast, we are fourth. So to me, I mean, the proof is in the pudding, right? Is in these stats. Now, to see if like these stats continue down the line um, is yet to be seen. JJ, did you have something to say about that? No, I mean, I agree with you because not everyone fits the Warrior system. Even if right. you have talent, that doesn't necessarily mean that you could play with the team that you're on. How many stars have you seen once you leave your situation, you explode in terms of talent and stats? The Warriors playing style, they don't need a center that gets the ball down low. And I'm gonna just agree with John too, which is I'm almost, and I I hope I eat my own words, but I think he's a bust. This two timeline thing, man, with the new with the new regime and the old vets that won championships. No, no, no. There is only one timeline, and you know what that timeline is? Steph Curry. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you, Jay, and. Like the thing that I want to ask you guys is what is the confidence level if we're going th from zero to 100 that Wiseman makes it back into the rotation 
by playoffs. I'm gonna start with uh, Sammy here. Zero to a hundred. <laughs> yes. Twenty-five. It's... Twenty-five. That's five. That's not but, even past. That's okay. not even the D, man. That's we're, we're not. <laughs> there clearly ain't no D in Wiseman for those ratings that Road just threw out there. So twenty-five sounds about right. Okay, I'm gonna pass this. I'm gonna pass it this John here. John, I swear to God, if you say negative something, no, no, I swear. No. Look, I've already, I've already, you know, had my fair share of, of uh, jabs here, so I'm not gonna go that low. Wow, what is his percentage chance that he's gonna be in the rotation come playoff time? Honestly, barring an injury, I think it's it's probably around where Sammy is, like twenty-three percent, twenty-five, twenty-three percent. Okay, a little lower than, than Sammy. <laughs> JJ. So not good, basically. Right. Not a good chance. JJ, what's your level? What doesn't look good is when you have Warrior fans crying for Dwight Howard, who is oh. currently playing in China. And we have Kevin Looney as our only real center. And you're sending this dude to the G League. So I might have to be on the Sammy bandwagon of 25%, which is like, I don't even think they give that grade in high school, man. Oh, man. That's like, <laughs> that's a grade that you give a kid when you hate them. <laughs> see me after go. class. He's got to see me after <laughs> class like, from the coach. Like yeah, totally. <laughs> Let me drop you from this class so I don't have to see you ever again. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Fifty-five, and this wow. is the reason why. This, this is the reason why. They spent a number two pick on him. They still need to get value out of him if he's going to be a trade asset. Now I'm gonna ask this to you guys: Does Wiseman have any trade value to add depth to the Warriors at all? I'm going to say yes still on hold this value. Okay. I, I am Definitely. not major, obviously, at this point, because if he's going to the G League, no one's going to look at him as an instant contributor. But the right team out of the playoff race that has, you know, maybe a plug-and-play backup big or a wing, depending on what it is that the Warriors are looking for, that I think you can get. It's You're going to be selling him for, you know, 10 cents on the dollar relative to what you drafted him at, but I think you can get someone that will help out on some level. And best case scenario, honestly, like when I say bust, it's possible that he could be a bust on the Warriors. If you put him in a different environment on a different team with lower expectations, it's totally possible he could thrive or at least put up respectable numbers and play defense, you know, like at an average level. So I'll say I'll leave it at that. I mean, he maybe just needs a new environment. JJ, where you at with that? I mean, like what I've been saying, man, there's only one timeline and it's Steph. We got to raise the value. You're right, Jun. And the only way that you could raise his, his value is by him playing. So hopefully after 10 games, Kerr puts him into a small rotation. But what's, what's kind of scary is that even with Steph, his numbers are terrible. Yeah. His plus minus is still really terrible. Uh, we lose leads. I mean, that's just how yeah. it is. With him. It's not. It's not great optics to com continue to, to send him to the G League <laughs> all these times, <laughs> and then say, "Hey, by the way, his value is pretty high. 
you should give us good assets for him. That's not yeah. optics. It's not great, but yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But we'll we'll wait and see what happens with James Wiseman. Um, I'm going to take us to our next topic here. It's going to be about the Memphis Grizzlies, who are sitting at nine and six. They are fourth in the West. Um, offensively, they're twelfth. Defensively, they're twenty-first. But the real thing that I want to talk about here is that Desmond Bain is going to be out two to three weeks. It looks like he has a grade two um, sprain to his right big toe and is going to be evaluated two to three weeks from now. I want to ask you guys, how big is this injury for Memphis um, when we're thinking about the way they've been rolling lately? Sammy, you were going to say something. Well, I just... I think that this could be worse than we realize. Only because I'm just going to add a little addendum to what you said there. And they're saying not necessarily that he's going to be back in two or three weeks. They're going to reevaluate him in two or three weeks. So there's a shot that this thing is a little worse than they're letting on. And depending on how long this goes, I think it's a serious hit. Bain's been amazing so far this year for them. And has shown an ability to run that offense when Jaw's not there. And just... Pulling him out, I, I've seen a consistent theme this year early among a few teams, and maybe it's I'm biased because the Clippers do this ad nauseum and it drives me nuts, but a lack of continuity with the rotation early feels like it's going to affect some teams more than others. I know most of these guys played together last year, but he's such a big cog. You can argue he's the either the number two or the number three player on that team now. Losing someone like that on a team this young, if it's for a month or longer, depending on how bad this thing is, I do think it can drastically affect them early because then they're going to have to resituate him once they get in. Jackson hasn't been playing until tonight, which I know we'll get to. You've got a lot of moving pieces on a really young team. I don't think it's just as plug and play as it looks. I think you've got to get these guys together on the floor, playing together and getting comfortable with each other again. So maybe I'm overstating it a little bit, but that's my initial read. I mean, what do you no, guys definitely, think? You're definitely not overstating it because it's a huge, huge hole. Well, from the from a stat perspective, other other than what you were mentioning, Sammy, is that the the continuity and the familiar in it, like how familiar they are with each other on the court, and then it's going to change rotations and minutes. But from a stats perspective, he's putting up 25 points, five rebounds, five assists, shooting 45 percent from three, and just under 47 percent from the field. Those are yeah. all star numbers, and mm-hmm. that's a huge hole that you're going to have to fill. Um, I know JJJ just came back, but that's going to be big for them. I mean, they, they, I mean, look, the Grizzlies last year defied all odds without a big portion of jaw missing time. So if a team can do it, it's them because they're pretty, they're pretty deep. So I, I won't say that it's going to be, you know, they're going to just completely fall from grace and, and tumble in the, in the record and the standings, but you know, if any team can withstand it, I think it, it'll be them. But it's it's a big hit, for sure. Within the last six games, he's been getting a lot better, too. He's been averaging 29.5 points with almost 70% shooting, guys, which is really, really damn good. Um, now that he's not there with the front slash back court because he plays the two and three, what are the Grizzlies going to do? And... The Grizzlies, even though they've been winning, um, when you do watch the games, it's really, really weird that they haven't been able to close out some of the the last few games because of their defense. Last year, they were ranked fourth, but this year they're ranked 22. 
That's not a good sign, right? Is this a is this a symptom of Jaws defense, which was exploited during last year's playoffs? Because if it is, it's not going to get better while Bane is out. Could be a, a triple J. Yeah, he's a big. I think he's coming big back and, will help on some yeah. level too. Yeah, he made his return tonight um, against the Pelicans, in which they lost mm-hmm. today. But but Jaron Jackson, he he had seven six respectively, and also had five blocks in the game. Um, I don't know what their defensive ratings are going to be um, after this game. I'm kind of interested because Desmond Bain is actually really good at defense as well. Really good, mm-hmm. yeah. And if you ask me like three years ago, I thought um, the one-two punch was going to be Jaw and Dylan Brooks, and Dylan Brooks has really followed, fallen off a cliff here. Um, but Desmond Bain has stepped up where Dylan Brooks hasn't. Mm-hmm. And I almost want to say, I don't know if you guys agree with me here, but the way that this year has started out, that Jaw and Bain, I think, is a top two backcourt in the NBA. Mm. Okay. Wow, top two. Top so two. They, so, so they're number one, and then Steph and Clay are number two, right? In your book, <laughs> Steph and Wiggins. I'm just kidding. Steph and Clay is not. D'Angelo yeah, Russell, Anthony Edwards. <laughs> Oh wait, wait, wait! Did you, you know, Patrick, I, did you mean Patrick Beverly and uh, and uh, Austin Reeves? <laughs> that it was pretty close. They're close there. No, um, I was thinking of of CP3 and Devin Booker. We got to give respect to them because they've been winning. JJ's um, look on his face on, is priceless right now. That's Brown that's and Tatum. Of, oh, okay. oh, we're yeah. going Brown and Tatum. Wait, no. No, it's, it's got to be, if we were talking backcourt, though, right? So we would be smart. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, smart and you're Brown. Right. Is a, yeah, Tatum's, okay. a, Tatum's a three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Smart and Brown. What do you guys think? Is it still accurate? One and two? Are the best? Simmons uh, and Irving. Top um, two? <laughs> Simmons and Irving. Simmons is a... This is getting out of hand. Yeah, getting out of hand. getting out of hand. Getting out of hand. I'm just going to skip over this. I'm just yeah. going to skip, skip. Completely skip yeah. over this moving, here. Moving on. We're going to talk about our next topic here. This is probably the biggest surprise of the year, right? The Utah Jazz, who are sitting at 10 and 6. They're standing at 3, number 3 in the Western Conference. To give, if everyone's been like kind of living under a rock and you still happen to turn, turn on this podcast, the Utah Jazz traded two big pieces, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And everyone thought that they were racing for Wembenyama, right? But now they're winning. Offensively, they're 8th. Defensively, they're 8th. They have a net rating that's 6th. They're looking pretty good. I want to ask you guys. Do you guys believe in the Utah Jazz this year? Do you believe what we're seeing here? I think... Well, I'm going to let you guys do the analysis, but I'll say this. I think the... Tank commander Danny Ainge is not following his orders <laughs> the right way. I think he's going completely awry in his plans. He's gone rogue. Go he's gone rogue. He's gone rogue. Go ahead. Well, first of all, let's uh, let's throw out some some respect here to Laurie Markinen, who's one of the main reasons they're playing so well. He's gone twenty two yeah. and eight to start the year outplaying any expectations anyone had for him. Um, this team is oddly deep. Just looking at the pieces on it, they actually ended up having way more rotation players than they thought. Wow. I will say, are they for real? 
No, I can't take them seriously. No, just not yet. I, I do think that they might end up sneaking into the playoffs, but the best analogy I can give, and this is a they are a much lower ceiling than the team I'm going to give, is do you remember that Atlanta squad that a few years back won like 62 games and then ran into LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals and probably got swept? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is that what I think of this team Nets? right now, yes. Oh, yes. I think. Um, I think of this team, they were Paul Millsap and Al Horford. That's who was on that team. Um, this is like a really poor man's version of that team. That That's how I look at them. A lot of useful players. Just looking at between Clarkson, Colin Sexton, uh, Markinen, like I was talking about, Malik Beasley. Lots of useful guys. There's realistically no one who you would probably start on a championship contender, though. At this point in their careers. So... I'm a lot of respect to their coaching and the job they've done so far. Are they for real though? I I can't I can't say yes. Am, am I wrong? Put some respect on the Filipino <laughs> Nick Young, Jordan Clarkson, dude. How dare you? It's an insult to Jordan Clarkson by calling him the any Nick Young. <laughs> okay, you're you're right. He's better than Nick Young. Yes. I just think he's a chucker like Nick Young. Okay. JJ, what do you think? Do you believe it? Do you believe in this Jazz team? Uh, I think that they're playing good team ball. I will definitely give them the props for that. But in terms of a legit title threat, no, just because, you know, if we're going to define our champions like we do every year, you do need an MVP caliber, caliber player and you need a defensive player of the year candidate, which they don't have either or. You need star power to go deep in the playoffs, which they don't have, but Major, major props. Uh, Colin Sexton has been yeah. consistent. And that was never a thing when he was with Cleveland. And now that he is playing consistent, they're beating some impressive teams. And if they're not beating those teams, they're making it really competitive. They just lost to Dallas by only three points. They really put the hammer down on the Grizzlies. And I believe... Uh, few nights before that they even beat Sammy's Clippers so I mean you got to give them props for beating these teams I mean don't take them lightly right any team with great chemistry is a team to be reckoned with yeah I think the biggest the biggest reason why I don't believe in the Utah Jazz besides they don't have like a nice sexy big name um it's because their interior is still kind of weak. I mean, Joel Embiid had like a career night against them, and I don't think that was an accident. I think if the Utah Jazz run into like a Nikola Jokic, like what big body are they going to throw at them? Like Laurie Markkinen is not going to stand up against that. So I think there's still maybe a few moves away, including like maybe one big star. But I like what I see, though. I'm going to say the team ball is refreshing. I want to say the way that they're shooting it from deep is really refreshing. It's something that I did not expect whatsoever. Anyway, we're going to take a short little break with a word from our sponsor. NBA fans, the NBA action is just getting started. And so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA pregame money line bet and $200 in free bets if your team wins. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. 
minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Wow. All right, next, next on our slate here. Apparently the Lakers aren't the only team in LA that's interested in Miles Turner. There are reports, sources that believe that the LA Clippers have entered the chat and they're gonna be shopping wing depth and they're less likely to trade Jackson or Wall um, at the guard position. Ooh, interesting. I wanna ask you guys here. Do you think Miles Turner fits this current Clippers roster? So much so that it would make them a title contender. Well, Is everyone waiting for me to start this? Or? <laughs> I'm not taking that. I'm not taking that bait. So, JJ. Yeah, do please I think? go ahead. I'll go, I'll, go lay. I'll go last on this. Can you imagine that front court with Miles Turner, Kawhi, and Paul George for defense? That would be devastating for everyone to see. And I know that some people are being like, oh, John Wall is playing pretty good. I mean, it's John Wall. Do you think, Sammy, that he could last until May or even June if you make a push with his health and his health history? The way they're playing him, possibly because they're doing they're doing like injury management with more than half the roster. So I don't think he's going to play more than 45, 50 games in the regular season. Okay. So possibly. Uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Go ahead. Continue. No, I was just saying that, you know, Miles Turner, I like what he does as a center who gets blocks. He could score and he has that three point threat as well. So he could really sp- spread the floor out, especially with Kawhi and Paul George, who are do- ball dominant players. But I'm going to say it again, man, that that front court with those three, that would be very deadly. And June said you guys have winged up. That's one of your guys's deep roster moves, deep, deep wing depth. So I say if you could do it, do it. Um, And it would be pretty funny to see how Laker fans react to that. Because do they want, do they want Miles Turner? Is that the move? Well, like I said in an earlier episode, I changed my tune, right? I don't think the Lakers should trade their two draft picks for Miles Turner and Buddy Hill because I don't think that pushes them over the top. If it did, or if I thought there was a good chance it would, I would make that trade. But I don't because seeing what how the Lakers have been performing, I mean, I don't I don't think it would be a good deal. But seeing the Clippers making a deal like this makes me angry for the reasons you stay, stated JJ because I think it would be a great move for them but I am curious yeah. what the Clippers would offer in terms of picks because if the, the Pacers are looking for the Lakers two draft picks the Clippers don't have a draft pick from my understanding until 2045 or something along those lines <laughs> 43 I don't, I don't remember I don't remember the year so they'd have to give up a lot of young pieces but if the, if the Pacers are coveting picks I don't know what the, the Clippers can do in that regard well so in terms of his fit he fits the roster like a glove he would be an amazing fit on on the team the biggest concern i had at the beginning of the year is that there's only one true center on the roster and zubak who's been great so far this year but you can already tell he's tiring down a little bit because he's the only interior presence they have 
Uh, wing depth wise, I would say they don't have a ton of picks, like you said. They do have some younger players that might be of interest to Indiana, depending on how they value them. Uh, the main piece I would assume is going to be Terrence Mann. Yeah, it's got to mm-hmm. be. Who yeah. is also, they already re-signed him. He's under contract for another two or three years, I think at 10 or 11 a year, so a pretty reasonable number. Uh, Brandon Boston showed some flashes last year. If they do want players to try to flip, just in terms of contract numbers, I'm just going to go through names here without establishing value, but just tr- flippable contracts. Covington, Kennard, Powell, Morris. There's a ton of guys there who make anywhere between 12 and 15 a year. So there's a lot of flexibility in that way. Pick-wise, I think they would have the options of their 26 first, I want to say. It's right around when the Lakers had their first, funny enough, because the Davis and George trades went down at the same time, and the picks were similar. I think overall, I, I like the idea of the deal. The two caveats I have, one, everything with the Clippers is clouded and mystery until we know what is going on with Kawhi. If he doesn't come back, Turner makes them better, but without Kawhi, I think their ceiling is conference championship, uh, based on what we saw a couple years ago when they got there against Phoenix. The other thing I would throw out there is the Clippers have had this really good trend over the last roughly four to five years. This is going all the way back to the Blake Griffin trade, where they don't manufacture what they're doing at all. When they make their trades, no one was talking about them when they happen. So Blake Griffin, Tobias Harris got flipped. Uh, There's one other one in particular, uh, the Powell-Covington trade last year. No one was talking about it until it happened. So the fact that it's out there tells me that it's probably not going to happen. But for the right I was, pieces, I would love that deal. Yeah, I was I was going to ask you, like, with, with you saying that, is there a possibility that this is just a complete smokescreen to try to raise the Lakers' price? Wouldn't surprise me. I think that that's probably in play here because you just they never have rumors that come out where they actually make the deal after the fact, not for years. So that would be how I look at it. <laughs> Yeah, and considering <laughs> Rob Polinka's history, he's probably going to offer AD for Miles Turner and Buddy Hill straight up. And then he'll tell you he didn't have to trade his picks. All right, next topic. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go to our next topic here. Um, so Isaiah Thomas uh, apparently is still salty over the Last Dance portrayal of him. And I'm going to read some quotes here from Isaiah Thomas. He said, when I was watching The Last Dance, I'm sitting there... And I'm watching it with my family and I'm thinking everything is good. And then this guy comes on television and he says that he hates me. And then he calls me a butthole. And then I proceed to watch a whole documentary about him being a butthole. I'm like, wait a minute, time out. Until I get a public apology, this beat is gonna go on for a long, long time. Cause I'm from the West Coast or West Side of Chicago. It's not a tumor. How do you guys feel about Isaiah's uh, quote here? Like the timing, also just how he's feeling about Michael Jordan and this Last Dance portrayal. Anybody? <laughs> I think there's an issue uh, that is coming up with NBA players who are Hall of Famers and even all-time greats but they are not understanding how the fans look at MJ as his own rarefied error. And the reason I'm saying multiple players is because I'm also thinking of Scotty, 
when these mm. players come after MJ, like it's not gonna end well because he is on this pedestal that no one else is, not even LeBron. Yeah. Or among among the NBA fan base, particularly among I would say our demographic, like the 30 and up, 30 to probably 45, right. 45 to 50, that group. Just it. It's like okay until you get a public apology. You think Michael Jordan's gonna publicly apologize to anybody? Like, and because you're from the west side of Chicago, he basically built the west side of Chicago at this point. Like, this this ain't gonna end well. So, like, I I get that he's upset. Public commentary is not gonna reflect on him in a positive light. And I think because he's a Hall of Famer, he thinks it'll carry more weight. But it's just not going to when it comes to the goat. So I just bad call on his part as far as I'm concerned. I feel like this comment's like two years late. Yeah. (laughs) Agreed on that aspect. And I agree with everything Sammy said. The only thing, the only other comment that I'll make is that if if the Isaiah Thomas Michael Jordan beef is going to go on forever, then the Michael Jordan Scottie Pippen beef is going to go on for generations and their children's (laughs) children are going to be (laughs) If you guys don't know the update on the Michael Jordan Scottie Pippen beef, just do a quick Google search. Yeah. On what's search. been happening happening recently. JJ, what do you have to say? What I'm going to say is that with Isaiah Thomas and Jordan, it was cool that they had this rivalry during the 90s and late 80s. But they're both old now, man. Like, can you both just drop it? Especially Isaiah Thomas. Like, you just openly admitted to the public that you watched the documentary about your rival. And then you're still bothered by it. Why don't you have that attitude like it doesn't bother you? That would be like the best response or don't even mention it. You're not looking at the dude, you're looking past him. You know what I mean? That's the way that I would be. Like, there's a line at uh, in Mad Men, if you haven't seen the show, where they called the, the protagonist and they ask him about his, uh, his rival. And you know what Don Draper says? Oh, I just don't think about him. Yeah, that's that would have been a perfect That's what response. G's do, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as the great philosopher Lil Wayne said, real <laughs> G's move in silence, move in silence. like lasagna. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's actually all we have for tonight's show. I want to thank you three for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Had a blast tonight. Thank you, everybody. John, thanks for being on, man. Hey, thank you, guys. Have a good night. And of course, Sammy. Thanks for being on, man. Thank you as always for having me, my friend. And shout out to our video producer, RJ. Check out our YouTube channel. Sorry. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All-NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter, at Clinic All-NBA. I'm Rosa Panta. This is The Clinic All-NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.